All right. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. I'm your host, Joe Bond. Uh, my co-host, uh, <clears throat> AJ Applegarth, is fashionably late as usual. Anyway, um, this week we will be discussing some of the week four news as usual and, and week five, getting into uh, getting you ready for week five as well. Um, I know if you uh, if you are looking to call in, you are more than welcome to as well. The guest call-in number is 646-716-7926, or you can tweet me at Fantasy Six Pack, and, and I should be able to get your comment on air as well. So while we are waiting for AJ to arrive, and I'm assuming he is on his way, I want to talk about just the oddity that was week four, it seemed like. I mean, what a total flip from week four or from week yeah, week five, sorry. What a total flip from week three that we had. I know that I saw weeks or scores in week three in my leagues that were upwards of 180, nearing 200, and... This week, we I saw teams score under 100 points in my leagues and win. Um, and it didn't do me much well in any of my leagues because all of my guys are injured, as we have mentioned many, many times on this podcast. So I have had so much bad luck with my injuries that my teams are just complete disasters. And with you know now that we're talking about disasters, I want to bring on AJ now that he's finally here. And uh, <laughs> on, I don't man. know what kind of disaster you're talking about here. I mean, talking I about you being and... on time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah one yeah. of these days I'll figure it out. Yeah. How about how about I tell you the podcast starts at eight twenty-five instead? <laughs> because I already know that it starts at eight <laughs> thirty. I, I could I could change it on you. <clears throat> yeah, but then I'd just be ten minutes late. So yeah, probably. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So how you doing, man? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Sorry, I had some uh, baby baby issues. Where Heather was trying to get ready to take her out to see her dad, and um, she decided to have a little uh, pee explosion, and uh, we had to do an emergency bath. So I at least have a valid excuse this time. Um, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Using so. the baby as an excuse, I see. You know, maybe start, maybe maybe a little too much information, but uh, you know, whatever. We'll uh, we'll let you we'll let you pass on that one. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I was talking about just how strange week four was as compared to week three. I mean, we saw scores in week three that were nearing 180 plus points in most leagues that I was in, at least. And yeah. And, of course, those are PPR, but this week, I mean, I saw teams win with less than 100 points. I mean, it was just so strange. And it's not like the fantasy points weren't there. It's just they came from guys that you probably weren't starting. Uh, Most likely, yeah. I I just feel like, you know, you you had a couple of guys that really blew up, but they haven't done anything to this point, so you bench them. Uh, thinking that they were just going to maintain their their poor starts here, 
and it just kind of you know backfired on some people. But hopefully, for those that that had those those uh, you know players, they they still managed to pull out a win. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of guys were benching Jordan or Jeremy Hill. I know a lot of guys benched. Obviously, you know, I I have. I wouldn't have put it past you. A lot of people benched Tavon Austin. He was up there. Uh, I mean, Vincent Jackson was one that people were benching. That that he, I mean, he was getting dropped in leagues. <laughs> uh, um, he was, yeah. He's not even owned in in my ten team league that I run. So that's kind of crazy. Mean, it, it is. I mean, you think that he's a solid number two receiver, but I mean, Tampa. You kind of knew going into this year that they weren't going to be great, but they're still starting guys that, that are, you know, going to put up points for you at some point. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to shot. pick those weeks, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, there's just so many guys on this list, Leonard Hankerson, Ronnie Hillman. I mean, the, the top scorers that, you know, I'm not counting quarterbacks, were not your stud names for the most part. They were all guys that had lost the – had lost fantasy owners – you know, uh, I'm blanking on the right word here. Just the fantasy owners had lost confidence in, and they were benching them for higher, yeah. you know, more high upside guys, guys that had produced in the past, and so they were hoping that that production was going to stay. And well, it, it really didn't. So <laughs> you saw what you saw this week, and I don't know, man. This has just been one of the more odd NFL seasons, and I'm really hoping things get back to normal soon because it's definitely making my job <laughs> extremely difficult over here. Well, yeah, it's hard to to try to you know, talk about guys that don't do anything and then you find a random week when they blow up and you're tired of trying to talk about how bad they are and then they make you look bad. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, great. Like maybe they're listening to this podcast and they got pissed off at me or something. Yeah, um, possibly. Doubt. Doubtful, but you know, I'm just gonna run with that one. So, um, yeah. So, before we move on, I just want to say, baseball season is done, and yeah. well, the regular season is, and so playoff baseball is here. Finally, I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm in the camp of the regular season is too long. It gets too boring. And they need to have the playoffs in September. It'll never happen just because baseball thinks they can do whatever they want. But I can't imagine there's a lot of people watching baseball in the middle of September during football season. Like they just, if they had playoff baseball in the middle of September, I think people would watch it. But other than that, nobody's really watching this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I was going to try to have the game on in the background here and I don't, um, but yeah, yeah, I don't I mean, either. I'm, actually, I, I do. I do like playoff baseball, and I, I'm kind of, you know, rejuvenated that it's that it's finally here. Um, you know, partially because the Eagles suck, and I'm tired of watching them get lambasted week in and week out. Uh, oh, you so, mean by my Redskins? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I mean by those Redskins. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't. I don't know what. Chip Kelly was thinking when he decided that giving up foals for Sam Bradford was really the best idea for for this team. You know, but, the more I the more I watch this team, this is not on Sam Bradford. 
But he's definitely not no. helping either. I mean, no. that offensive no. line is horrendous. Well, that's that's the biggest thing that bothers me. They have um, Evan Mathis, who's a Pro Bowl offensive lineman, and they they don't want him. They don't want him there anymore. Like I, I think Kelly is is gone a little overboard with his. I only want players that are going to play nonsense because you know you're not going to get a team of all people who are that hungry. You're going to get a team. You need to have some, some, I don't want to call it diversity, but some guys that, that are veterans and that still play to a high level uh, and do want to play, but then you need to have your, your younger guys that are, that are that hungry coming in and whatever, I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to make this team and make it better. But, I mean, there's always going to be guys on a team that, that aren't in that mindset. And, and I'm still dumbfounded why they wanted to let Evan Mathis walk, uh, unless it was something to do with the contract or whatever. But he's a Pro Bowl offensive lineman, and their offensive line is terrible right now. I mean, Sam Bradford looked like a mummy standing back there. I mean, he's the most immobile thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if he's just still a little gun-shy with his injuries or whatever, but... Man, I mean, he made Washington's D-line look amazing with as bad as he was back there. Just just the line breaks down, those guys get through, and then he can't even move. So it, it was very tough to watch. I mean, the second yeah, half was pretty good. But Yeah, I mean, yeah, he man. just crumbles down like Peyton Manning does. But, I mean, there's, I, no, I reason, mean, I there's no reason for him to do something like that. It's kind of a weird – I don't know. I, I yeah I think you're I think you're kind of in the right going in the right direction there where Chip Kelly kind of took the I need my guys type of thing a little too far and got rid of all the yeah. good players I mean it's just crazy all of the talent that he let walk or trade or you name it and they're seeing the consequences of it and you know as much success as Chip Kelly has had if they completely plummet to the season with the decisions he made I would not put it past the Eagles to fire Chip Kelly after this I wouldn't either. bad year I, I think if if he continues along this brutal path the fans are going to let him know and Jeffrey Lurie is going to you know start to think about it I mean he may say okay well it was his first year with, you know, full control, so we'll give him a bit of a pass, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, I miss Andy Reid right now, and that's that's <laughs> that's pretty telling. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I like Kelly, but I'm not a huge believer in him yet. Uh, I mean, the first year he came in, he, he had a playoff team, and he probably shouldn't have. But last year, they missed the playoffs. You know, they were close, I think. I can't remember exactly if they were one game off or whatever. But Well, they lost that last week. It was basically if they, you know, yeah. they needed some help. They had a 10-win ten ten season. They still, made them play. Yeah, still didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, um, which, you know, with 10 wins, uh, that's, you know, that's a pretty good season overall. But, you know, no one's no one's out there saying, oh, I want my team to do really awesome in the regular season. I don't care about the playoffs. No, you play the game 
to get to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. That's the ultimate goal of every team in this league. And if it's not, then I, I don't know, you know why you even have a franchise. But that should be the mindset of everybody on every team. And don't know what, what Kelly's got going for him. I mean, that defense absolutely collapsed on that last drive and, and gave away the game, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, bringing in Caleb Sturgis for the you know injured Cody Parkey is not the best of decisions either. Uh, I mean, he kind of helped within the, the, the losing factor. But, uh, I mean, I just don't get it. A guy like Connor Barth, who excelled in Denver, yes, granted it's Denver, but he, he was decent in Tampa Bay too before he went to Denver. He's still sitting out there as a free agent, and, and it, it boggles my mind why he's away, like why he's out there. Uh, and not being signed by some of these teams who have injuries or, or who have, you know, issues at that position, which you know, we'll get into a little bit later. But just trying to segue out of the out of my <laughs> hatred of the Eagles right now. So let's move on. It's making me angry. Fair, fair, fair enough, man. All I gotta say is hail to the Redskins, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna jab you, jab you one more time. Anyway, so let's let's move on to some more happy week four news. And some of these running backs, man, that are just that just crushed it this week. And two in particular I, I definitely want to talk about. One is Devonta Freeman. I mean, what in the hell is happening here? Devonta Freeman. Coleman goes down and Freeman's like the best running back in the NFL all of a sudden. Three touchdowns again, second week in a row. Um, who, who is this guy? He's definitely not the same running back we saw last year. Uh, no, he's not at all. And, I mean, he's found a way to put it together this year and, and really take over that position. I mean, uh, Atlanta's running game last year with Steven Jackson, you know, old man River, just was not there. And even when he was in the games, he wasn't doing anything like like he is right now. So it's very uh, very interesting to watch uh, and, and see him just plow through these teams. Um, and you know Dallas, eh, okay, they're you know not the best defense out there against the run, but you know Houston's kind of the same boat. But man. Hundreds of posts. He's, he's got over two hundred yards. I, I know, but he's got two hundred yards, over two hundred yards in the last two weeks, and six touchdowns. And he only had fourteen rushing attempts last week. So, if you double that, he's you know, and he's at sixty-eight yards. Um, but still, with thirty attempts the week before, he's at one hundred and forty-one. With half of that, he's only at sixty-eight. I mean, you've got to think that he's going to put up another 100-yard game if he gets 10 more carries uh, and maybe another touchdown thrown in there. I mean, he is just out of his mind right now. Yeah, I don't know if it would be interesting this week, though, um, going against you know, going, going against the Redskins, who right now actually have the best run defense against opposing, you know, in fantasy yeah. against opposing running backs. So it will be, it will be a little more interesting this week. 
Um, I, I, I don't am, know I am if he's going to get see what he's going to do. Yeah, I've I've got him. You know, I'm, I moved him up in my rankings, but I don't think I moved him up quite as high as a lot of people did. Uh, I know I think I've saw I think I've seen people put him in the top five, and I think that's a little premature. I, you know the the uh, the Cowboys and the Texans don't quite have the same run defense that the that the Redskins do. Um, you know the Cowboys and the Texans. Granted, this is with Freeman both running against them, um, mm-hmm. ranked in the. You know they're they're both ranked in the last five or actually last four yeah. of of run defenses against opposing running backs. Of course, Freeman skews that a little bit, but even the even still, they are not very good. Um, I mean, New well, Orleans Houston. ran all over all over all over the Cowboys last night, um, exactly. and Houston is just I don't know what they're doing. Um, they're not very good at all, apparently. Even though everybody thought they would be on defense. But, yeah, it'll be interesting this week. Yeah, I mean, Houston, they hadn't allowed a 100-yard rusher, you know, or 100 yards from a team rushing, put it that way. They'll have it. Oh, well, I guess they did. Before before this week, you know, him pumping up 140 yards on him, uh, or, yeah, this past week. And then, well, not Freeman, but Atlanta put up over 100, 100 yards on them. But Dallas, you know, on the other hand, yeah, they they got lit up. New Orleans ran pretty much all over them too. Um, but I, I definitely want to see what Washington does. I mean, they, they have shut down opposing running backs. Uh, I mean, less than, than 60 yards game one plus against Miami, less than 30 yards against St. Louis, and only eight rushing attempts in that game for St. Louis rushing backs or running backs. Uh, the Giants are the, the heaviest rushing attack, the only ones to get a touchdown against them in 84 yards. I mean, Philly didn't really do that much worse yardage-wise, but they, they didn't get the end zone. So I think, I think it's going to be a good test for him, and as much as I – hate to have to, you know, applaud the Redskins for anything. They do have a solid defense. Yeah, which is a more surprising fact uh, in the NFL this year. I definitely would not have come into the year saying the Redskins were going to have a good defense because we haven't had a good defense in years. So, uh, I really I really can't even tell you the last time we had a good defense. So, so another guy that I want to talk about and is the emergence of Todd Gurley. He has arrived, ladies and gentlemen. This dude totally crushed it. Once he finally got in the game, started started rolling 146 yards on 19 carries. The only thing he didn't do was get in the end zone, and he could have done that if he wasn't just playing smart football and started running out the clock. And every time he, you know, was close to a defender that could just push him out of bounds at the end of the game, he sat down. There was a couple of times where, you know, I think it was the very last play that he ran. I was watching it on Red Zone. He could have tried to, you know, outrun the guy and try and plow through him and 
probably would have scored, to be perfectly honest with you. But instead, he just kind of sat down and took the knee and ran out the rest of the clock. I mean, smart football player. It's kind of <clears throat> shocking. You don't usually see that from rookies in their second game. You know, they're all trying to get that first touchdown and get the points and, you know, show that, the, you know, be, you know, the guy, show that they are hardworking and, but that's smart football right there. You know, fantasy owners don't like it, but this guy's this yeah, guy is obviously for real. I mean, he that was a crazy good game by him. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm excited for Gurley. I I liked him coming into the season. You know, I stayed away from him a little bit just because of the, the injury and you know the not starting right away. But I, I knew once he he took the reins, he was going to be something special. And he proved it in college, and it looks like he's going to start proving it in the NFL, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I stayed away from him also. You know, the it wasn't so much the injury. It was the when is he actually going to play. I mean, there was talks that he might not come back to like week 8 or 10. And who wants to draft a guy like that, an unproven guy like that? You know, mm-hmm. I thought he would be good, but, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. So... Yeah, it, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I stayed away from him too. Kind of wish I had now at this point because I have total crap at running back on every single one of my teams. And I couldn't yeah. really use somebody like him right now. But, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, th- this week, I mean, he goes against the Packers who have not been all that great against the run. It's kind of off and on with them. You know, one week it's good, one week it's bad. And I think that's matchup based at this point. But it's uh I think Todd Gurley is here to stay, and I think one of the more telling things is that he got nineteen carries to a total of four from the other running backs on the team, uh, between Cunningham and, and Mason. So I think proof right there that he is the guy. Jeff Fisher is gonna ride him and fantasy owners are going to be loving it. From here on out, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I I like Seattle. I mean, they they've already shown that they can play. You know, they they beat Arizona and Seattle in the first four weeks, um, and they got a, a tough matchup again this week at Green Bay. Uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to that game to see how it turns out. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, but, yeah, just uh, wanted to pop out a couple other quick running back stats, guys that, that were, you know, had big games, not not a, not necessarily as big as, as the two we were just talking about, but just notable guys. Chris Ivory busted out 29 carries for 166 yards and a touchdown. Um, I mean, Forsett had 27 carries, 150 yards. I mean, these are guys that uh, Ivory had a good week one, but he's fallen off since then. And, you know, granted he was injured a little mm-hmm. bit too, but that's, that's a nice sign that he's back um, and, and here to, to play for set. You know, that's his breakout game. He, he's been waiting for that. So his owners really. Um, yeah. What's surprising you know, with him though, is he didn't get any receptions. You know, you would think in that freshman offense, you're expecting PPR you know, exactly. PPR. So that's still kind of shocking, but eh, you know, you'll you'll yeah. take 100 for the yards for sure. And that that might that might change this week. Um, you know, with with 
Steve Smith being out, but you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, if he can run the ball and put up, you know, on another hundred plus yards and get a touchdown, he's still looking real good. So um, but yeah, and then uh you had already mentioned Jeremy Hill earlier, I believe, so another yep. three touchdowns out of him. Only forty yards rushing, but you know, the three touchdowns is really nice. So Yeah, and you know, one one thing I do want to say about that is you still gotta be careful with that backfield. I still feel like that offense runs better with Gio Bernard back there. So uh, that's an interesting situation, but it does look like Jeremy Hill is at least going to be the goal line guy, so, you know, at least the within the five-yard line guy. So you're going to hopefully be able to get those get those touchdowns from him. But, I mean, just nine carries, that's, that's kind of concerning. And Gio Bernard is definitely going to be in the mix there. So I, I still am not – Super high on Jeremy Hill moving forward, but the you know this was the he needed a bounce back game like this for sure. Yeah. So I don't know about you, and you mentioned Chris Ivory, um, the London game, man. I absolutely hate it. I think I loathe this game more than the Thursday night games. The NFL needs to get rid of both of them, or. What are they doing? I, I don't know the time difference. Is it six hours from the East Coast or five from the East Coast? To uh, I think it's six. So why is this a, what, a two o'clock game or something over in London? Why not make it a night game in London and then make that, which would be like normal time here? I mean, yeah. I know about you, but I. Okay, totally my fault, but I almost I pretty much forgot about the game, and I shouldn't have, and I actually kind of forgot I owned Chris Ivory in one league and had him on my bench because of the the week before, <laughs> because of the week before he was hurt and I hadn't had I worked twelve hour days this past week and forgot to log into mm-hmm. my damn team, and yeah. I had Chris Ivory sitting on my bench in favor of Alfred Morris who did nothing. And I lost that matchup because of it. And I, had I known, you know, had I remembered the game and, you know, hey, you blamed your kid, I get to blame mine. I was getting my kid up and ready for breakfast and getting out the door. And then all of a sudden I looked down and was like, oh, crap, the game started. I don't think I had anybody anyway, so it doesn't matter. And then lo and behold, I look and I'm like, well, Chris Ivory just went off on my bench. <laughs> so, I mean, totally my fault, but... It's just it, I don't know I don't know if I'm just totally bitter, but a 9:30 a.m. game is so stupid. I mean, what do people on the West Coast do? Oh, I know. I mean, that's just they're not waking up to watch that game. I, I mean, I guarantee it. And I don't remember exactly every London game that we have, but I feel like there isn't any West Coast teams there, anyways. Um, I mean, that'd be definitely a long trek for them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I did actually get up and watch some of this game. Uh, I, I had the Jets defense in both of my leagues, so I knew that that was going to be there. But I, I benched Jarvis Landry in favor of, you know, the waiver wire darling from last week that we talked about, Marvin Jones, and I lost my matchup. Uh. I mean, that – killed me and I it put me in the worst mood all day seeing that 23 points um you know with my league scoring for Landry 
sitting on my bench. And then the, the yeah, I don't know if I would have that Cincinnati far, man, game. But that's uh, no, yeah, that's tough. It was a bad call, but you know, I, I kind of yeah, with, with mine, <laughs> Ivory. I mean, I like I said, I was working twelve-hour days this past week for a project that I have at work that's going live this week, so. Still no excuse, but I kind of missed the news that he was activated this week for sure. You know, I know last week he was active. Yeah. You know, this week he oh, was yeah. definitely active. And I kind of, like, missed that news for some reason. And I left him on my bench accidentally and definitely would have swapped him out for for Morris just because Washington backfield is a complete disaster. So I didn't want anything to do with it. But... I don't know, man. And you were asking, I, so I decided to look it up. You were asking if there's ever been any West Coast teams. Yeah. The Chargers, the Broncos, uh, that's right. the 49ers, the, the 49ers again, the Raiders. There have been a few West Coast wow. teams that go out there. It's just, it's just crazy. I didn't crazy. think that there was that many London games already. They've been doing Jeez. this since 2007. Wow. Huh. Yeah. I feel like some of these were preseason games, and the yeah, the that's site true. here at NFL.com is not telling me if they were preseason or not, but I don't know. That's regular, regular, regular. No, these are all regular season games, actually, now that I'm looking at them. Hmm. That's just, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I know they're trying to internationalize the game and whatever, but... I mean, that's to me. It feels like if you bring over like Manchester United versus Chelsea, like it's cool. It's a, but here's the thing about those games: they don't bring over those games. They're not the regular season games. Those are like friendlies when they bring yeah. those teams over. So why are we doing this for real games that count? They're taking away not only a home game away from one of these teams. So I think, what, the Dolphins got screwed out of a home game this year? And fans here in the United States that love football and will watch any crappy game, even the Jets versus the Dolphins, now don't get to watch one of the games because it's on at 9.30 at best here in in, in the United States. And, I mean, most people at 9.30 in the morning are either not awake up dealing with their kids, or at church on a Sunday. I mean, Sunday morning is just not time where I'm parked in front of my television watching football. It just doesn't happen. I mean, I knew the game was on, and I just went and did other things because I have to get something done during the day on Sunday, and it's not going to be between the hours of 1 and 6. So it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think that the... They could change it. Um, you know, I actually had that listed as my worst fantasy game for last week. And, you know, it turned out to be overall a decent game. Decent but game, yeah. I mean, the Jets started to run away with it. And, you know, it, it just, I, I don't know. I mean, I get that they want to just cram as much football into one day as possible and be able to show four games and it's just this money-making scheme. But, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I don't think that that many people are really, like, plotting out on their, their calendars. Oh, wait, this week is four football games Sunday. I got to, you know, skip out on 
house chores or church this weekend. I got to do this and watch this game. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't buy it. At least it's something where they're doing it earlier in the season. At least this season. I don't, I don't remember when the last ones were, but where it's it looks not like they've really... all been like week. It looks like they've all been like usually week eight and seven and ten and. Usually it's like week seven and eight, but I mean there's yeah. there's still more to come this year. By the way, there's a week seven game and a week eight game coming: Bills and Jags and Lions and Lions and Chiefs. So they're expanding this series, and it started with one game, and then it went to two, and now it's up to three games. I mean, this is just wow. craziness. What is what is every team gonna have to play in 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 London? Well, yeah, it's like, okay, well, everybody gets a, a Thursday game, and now everybody's going to get a London game, you know. Soon it'll be Thursday games in London, along with Sunday games in London. I mean, it's it's just going to be, it's going to get out, way more out of hand than it needs to. Well, they would never so, be able to do the Thursday game in London, because the game has to be on here when when people can possibly watch it. Because if you do a Thursday game in London, it'll be on it. One o'clock at best on a work day. I mean, what's what are you gonna do there? Um, yeah, that's true. That's just I don't know though. I I absolutely loathe this game. There's two more left. Uh, I'm just not looking forward to them at all. And and you know the other thing, the last the last point I want to make is if the NFL is pushing. Fantasy football, the NFL, I'm looking at this right now. They've got DraftKings, which I know everybody hates at this point. All my friends are tweeting me because, you know, this is what I do. I hate DraftKings. If I have to see one more commercial, blah, 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 it's like, dude, I'm with you. I don't like yeah. DraftKings. And I don't, I, those commercials are annoying. Get away from yeah. me. Um, but, you know, this is what I do. So, or, you know, try to do. And so I, I back it a little bit. But if if the NFL is going to be pushing and promoting and getting into the fantasy football like they say they are, why have Thursday and London games, which fantasy owners absolutely dread? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Uh, I think it's... It's hopefully going to be something where they figure out later on that it's not a good idea, but I don't know. They if must they, just be making so. a boatload of money off of this, and and I, you know, we don't realize it. That's the only. They must just be saying we don't really care because we're making a billion dollars off of this game. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. And I mean, if I was in their shoes and I was making that kind of money off of something, and I guess I would. I wouldn't care either, but it, at some point, it's it's going to, in my opinion, at some point, it's going to tilt in the wrong direction, and people are going to be, you know, the Thursday night games, the ratings, like, I don't watch all of the Thursday night games, because a lot of times, they're crappy football games, because teams yeah. are not prepared. Anyway, I said I was done. I, we need to move on, because I could talk about this forever. This I hate these games. <laughs> Speaking of a team that I hate right now, the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> I trusted you guys. I picked up Derek Carr 
started him in in favor of Philip Rivers because he was having a more consistent season. He was playing the Chicago Bears, who are absolutely terrible. And what do they do? They do just about nothing. There's not a whole lot to say here, but they did nothing. The highest point getter for the week for the Oakland Raiders was Derek Carr at 13. Hmm. How in the hell did that happen against the Chicago Bears, who have the worst defense in the NFL, it seems like? At least in a, from a fantasy perspective, they, they do. Uh, what do you uh, say I, about I don't. I mean, I still like Carr. I still think he's going to have, you know, some growing pains as a younger quarterback. But, uh, yeah, I I thought that this game was going to be a no-brainer, you know, take every Oakland Raider and run with it, and uh, you're going to get points regardless. But... It just wasn't at all that way, and and you know they just they fell flat. It's it's Oakland being Oakland, like you said. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know how else to say it, man. And you know, my friend, yeah, I got a friend Scott. He uh, big Oakland Raiders fan. I haven't given him crap about it yet because I haven't been able to talk to him, but. I mean, uh, this, I'm just so angry about this. I thought this was like, you know, they had had a couple of good games against a couple of pretty decent teams, and then they put up this dud. I mean, you just you're not going to be able to trust them this week against Denver. I mean, I suppose maybe you're starting Cooper and Latavius Murray, but Denver's got, in my opinion, the best defense in the NFL, and. There's almost no way I'm starting. I, I would very much consider not starting Murray if I had other legitimate options in fantasy this week. Same with Cooper. I'm yeah, definitely not starting I mean, anybody else. No, no. I mean Murray. Murray had, you know, 16 carries and only 49 yards against the pathetic Chicago defense. And you look at what happened to them the week before against Seattle, you know, giving up 100 yards to the rookie, Thomas Rawls, who nobody even heard of before that game. And you figured Murray's an absolute lock to put up numbers in this matchup. And, you know, I know you just mentioned DraftKings, well, I went in and, and put in a lineup, and I picked Murray thinking he was the no-brainer pick. I and know a lot of people did. He didn't do squat in that game. I'm so pretty sure Keenan, our our DFS writer over there at uh, Fantasy Six Pack, he wrote a lot about some of the Oakland players and how he was heavy on them. And pretty sure in quite a few of his lineups, he played a lot of Oakland guys and say the least, he didn't do very well. He was angry, I am me, all day long. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for the guy, but I mean, God, he just crushed everybody who who thought this was going to be a good week for them. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, Cooper Cooper's only saving grace was that he had a touchdown. I mean, you take yeah. that away, and he's, he's rolling at, at, you know, four points. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty bad. 
that's rough. So, yeah, I, I don't know what their deal is and what what they came up with for that game plan. But, it, you know, unless it's a case of playing down to another team's level, but you're the Oakland Raiders. Everyone usually plays down to your level. And look at Baltimore. Look what they did, uh, you know, in that game. And uh, <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I think they... Uh, they really, they really shit the bed, and probably yeah. crushed a lot of owners' hopes and dreams for that week and that matchup. That's that's pretty much a good way to say it. Um, speaking of people uh, crap in the bed here, what happened to the kickers this week? I mean, come on, your your Eagles kicker <laughs> lost the game for you, basically by missing. Not only, I mean, this extra point thing is just throwing a wrench into things this year. But, I mean, what, he missed two field goals and an extra point or just one? I forget. Uh, I want to say he missed two field goals. uh, Or it might have been a field goal and an extra point. Yeah. I know he he missed an extra point. But then uh, the guy guy from Jacksonville, Murray, he missed a couple of kicks. Uh, Uh... I forget Scobie. the guy. Yeah, the guy. Yeah, Scobie. He missed a couple kicks. I mean, I mean, he definitely lost the game for them. Um, you know, for Pittsburgh, he, he blew two kicks. Oh yeah, yeah. And, you know, I forgot about those. Yeah, he. And that, I mean, the, Pittsburgh did everything they could to give that game to Baltimore. Uh, oh yeah. Mostly thanks to the Scobie. I mean, we watched that game, and it was like. Dude, what are you doing? I mean, just chance after chance after chance. And then I think he missed one of them in overtime maybe. I don't remember exactly, but oh, man. No, they never gave they never gave him a chance. Oh, they, that they was the best it. part yeah, about it. Right. They, had, right. they kept going for it on fourth down because they didn't trust their kicker. And, like, you were, you were saying lost the game for him. The guy from Jacksonville, uh, Murray, I think is his last name, he yeah. – Absolutely lost the game for this team. Could have won it at the end of regulation. Could have won it on like the team's third possession in overtime. Missed both kicks, and then Indy squeaks out another AFC South win, and they're now what? Are, they're at least now two. Are they three and one? Two and two. I don't look at the standings in the NFL, but the Colts. Who? Pits of the Colts are. Yeah, two and two. No, but yeah, um, I mean, yeah, they're two and yeah. two, but their two wins are in by a total of like ten points in the division. That's just crazy to think that you know they can actually less than that. They've won by a total of a touchdown, uh, or no, five points is their margin of victory uh, over their the two weaker opponents in their division. Uh, and and the Titans and, and yeah. Houston or the Jags. Now they get Houston, so yeah, probably another Thursday. win. Although they're gonna need, I think they're gonna need Andrew Luck back to do it, messed up shoulder or not. So that'll be interesting. I don't but know. Yeah, man. Sturgis, Sturgis Kickers, Sturgis yeah. yarder and and one of the two extra points that he kicked. Uh, but I think in general. You know, this 
extra point thing is exactly what the NFL wanted. It was a no-brainer kick that was just, hey, just make the touchdown seven points if you're going to do this. Um, you know, 98 times out of 100, I feel like they they made the extra point when it was on the two-and-a-half-yard line or whatever it was. So I think it was more than they that, move but it, yeah, it was... They move it back. Well, yeah, the the ball spotted on the two and a half, but the no, no, uh, yeah they percentage, li- but whatever. <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, just throwing numbers out. So either way, that now that they've had this, I mean, you're seeing these guys miss a lot of these extra points, and it's it's really gonna change things around. I mean, look at Blair Walsh. If I can talk, Blair Walsh is another one who missed a 39-yarder early in the game. Minnesota loses that game by three points. Uh, I mean, they had they had momentum going in their favor, and he just absolutely killed it. I mean, they were talking about Adrian Peterson on the sideline, you know, putting his arm around him and saying, hey, we need you, man. We need you later in this game. Let it go. It's fine. And, and that's great leadership and everything, like they were saying, but cost them the game, or at least cost them getting into overtime, you know, had Bridgewater not fumbled the ball on that last two-minute drive that they had to try to get back into field goal range, you know, that hurts. These guys have one one job to do, and now they're just they're just blowing it much more than, than they used to. Yeah, the the extra point is definitely interesting. I did not really think that kickers were going to be missing it quite as much as they are. So something that, you know, you're going to have to adjust for in fantasy. I mean, I I don't know if you're really going to worry about the one, but I know in a lot of my leagues, you know, I had negative one if you miss an extra point. I might have to get rid of that because, I mean, it's a legit kick now, you know. You're going to penalize a kicker for missing a 35-yard field goal? It's kind of weird. Yeah, well, I think in my league it's uh, yeah, it's more of a penalty for missing the closer field goals. I forget what what the limits are, but I think it might be negative two for missing that field goal um, because you think, think make... it's it's a thirty yard chip shot. You know, you should be able to knock that down no problem. But now with these extra points, it's not like I, I don't. It's like they're on. Like you said, they're kicking another field goal in the game, but it's only worth one point to the teams. So I I don't know. I think the extra points in general just they 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 used to be too easy. Now now they're more difficult. So it's you know this will probably stick around for for quite a while. Oh yeah, no, this isn't going anywhere. I mean, it's kind of fun to be honest with you. I, I don't, I didn't really think I'd like it, but I, I do actually think I like it now moving forward. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. But I did, I do want to mention that out of all the kickers that had bad weeks, Cairo Santos probably won a lot of people their fantasy weeks by scoring twenty seven. Fantasy yeah. Points. 27 uh, fantasy points. He was ranked like the fifth best player in standard leagues in ESPN. Maybe higher than that. 27 points from your kicker. You you probably won your week if you had him. If you didn't, the rest of your team is absolutely terrible. 
<laughs> well, yeah. Like if if you had him and you managed to find a way to not win your week, then just just give up now. You know, just form collusion throughout your league, trade all your good players away, and I, I mean, just get out of the game. No, I, I'm not a fan of collusion. That was more of a joke, but yeah, he he was. Uh, you know, looking looking at everything that that he had there, and all they scored was those field goals. He was the second highest scorer in in standard leagues. Second highest. Jeez, second. I mean, I the only person that high. scored more was Devonta Freeman, and his three touchdowns. Uh, I mean, Philip Rivers. You know, Jeremy Hill. All these guys that we've already mentioned, Chris Ivory. All these running backs. They, they don't. They don't even compete with Cairo Santos. I mean, that's that's just unheard. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. I do know that for a fact. Anyway, that's enough about kickers. Nobody really cares about kickers. But I thought I'd give him give him a little bit of love this week, even though it wasn't exactly love. It was more hate because well, they all sucked except for Santos. So anyway, yeah. um. So moving on to kind of our week five prep that we kind of that we do here at the end every week, running through the injuries, Carlos Williams. If you guys missed the news today, he is in the concussion protocol. So those of you that um, are in need of a running back, I would be looking at Anthony Booby Dixon. I think he's going to get the most work there. Um, pretty sure you agree with me there, AJ. Yeah, they they had a report out that they might look into bringing Bryce Brown back in since he's familiar with the offense. They cut him loose earlier, um, but I still think Dixon's the guy to to, to own if you, if you're going to go with a Baltimore or I'm sorry Buffalo uh, running game this this I week. I think they signed uh, I think they signed Dan Heron. The guy. The they guy did. That, yeah. So, the, but I mean, he's not going to nicknames. He, Boom Heron, yep. But he Boom uh Boom Heron and Booby Dixon. Booby Dixon, yep. Uh yeah, I'm I mean, I'm not expecting a whole lot from him. I'm not really expecting a whole lot from uh from Anthony Dixon, but you know, desperate times, you know, for a lot of a lot of teams that are playing fans right now, me included, in that running back department. So if you're in need of a running back, it's not a good not a terrible one week plug in, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, another guy that, excuse me, another guy that, uh, that I'm, I'm looking at here for injuries is Eric Ebron. I think he hurt his knee last night. Yeah. Yep. Left uh, knee. So I think they're still nope. waiting for the final reports to come out on that. I haven't seen anything. I don't know if you have. Yeah. Just looking at RotoWire now, it shows that, uh, you know, the MRI that was taken, uh, Revealed no structural damage, um, but the the full extent still not revealed. So it'll be interesting. He's currently listed as doubtful, um, but you know, I, and it's a short week for them too. So I wouldn't be surprised if he sat this one out, let it, let it heal, and then come back the following week. Yeah, I mean, you got to hope he can can come back. And uh, Mister Always Hurt. Unreliable Jordan Reed from the Redskins. Another concussion. 
you feel for this guy, man. You know, he's a good player when he's out there, but he keeps getting hurt. You know, at this point, I mean, I can't even count the number of concussions. He's had a lot. You got to wonder if the guy's career is in jeopardy at this point. You know, it's probably going to take him quite a few weeks to get back from this. I'd be, I'd be really, really surprised to see him back in, in, in week five or even week six, to be perfectly honest. Uh, this is why I need yeah. to draft him. This is why no, he's drafted in a lot of leagues. Yeah, I, I, I love, you know, his potential. Uh, again, it's it's hard to root for a Redskin, but he's a guy that's put up points when he's been in. And, you know, he had his best week was week one where he scored his only touchdown of the season. But, you know, he, he just, he's gone down ever since then. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if they even kept him out through the week eight bye and brought him back for, for week nine against New England just to make sure that, that he's healthy. I mean, they got Tampa in week seven, so not real scary um, <laughs> that matchup no, as it not. is, you know, and that's a home game. So, you know, they've got two two tough road games coming up, Atlanta and the Jets, uh, and then Tampa. So, you know, you, you got to feel for the guy. But, you know, at least Philly did something worthwhile. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and Richard's chiming in here on Twitter. You know, he's saying the the backup there, uh, Carrier. You know, he he can be he can be fantasy relevant. Uh, you know, if if uh, the guy there from Cleveland, Gary Gary Barnage, can be fantasy relevant, why not Carrier? I mean, I feel you, but uh there's other options out there i, I don't yeah i'm I mean, not i'm not stay away from carrier at this point especially with deshaun jackson potentially coming back we'll yeah. see what happens there in washington that offense is just nothing i'm really targeting but anyways moving on um steve smith i mean we all i'm sure we've all seen the news there by now steve smith it, you wrote down back it was it, it officially a back or is it or is it a rib? Like I heard multiple reports, and I don't know which one was true. I forgot to follow up on it. Um, yeah, you know, and and I I did write that and wasn't really thinking. I just remember that he got hit hard in the back. Four micro fractures um, in his back. That was the last report to come out on the third. So, yeah. um, does not require surgery, but will miss at least one week. I don't know how the hell you have macrofractures in your back. I don't know what a microfracture really is. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but um, anything that involves break and back does not sound like you should be back in a week, especially when it comes to football. Um, yeah. But Steve Smith is crazy, and we know this, and he plays through all sorts of pain. So I wouldn't be totally surprised if he does this, but I would not do it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think he he's already been ruled out for this coming week. But I mean, it's it's the Browns, so you know, I I'm guessing Baltimore is figuring, hey, hopefully we should be able to win this game. We'll rely on some other guys, but yeah, with the way they've been playing, it's not a gimme. Um, But I I do love that the Roto Wire quote says, you know, Harbaugh referred to them as small micro fractures. It's a little, uh, a <laughs> little bit of, of a, a little redundant there. Unnecessarily doubling up there, but yeah, um, 
I figured a, a microfracture itself kind of, you know, speaks to what the injury is. Um, yeah. So yeah, that 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 hurts my team in our league, but that, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, that, that happened one week too late for me, man. He smoked me with him. Uh, yep. Yeah, and then Lance Dunbar, <laughs> everybody's uh, PPR darling this year. Yeah. Uh, ACL tear on Monday night, partially torn MCL, done for the year. So those of you who are hoping you cashed in on on some PPR points there when in a, in a year where we're having some down running backs, you're going to have to look elsewhere. I know I'm going to have to do that in one of my leagues. So that's unfortunate. Yeah, I don't know if my uh, my usual cursing has come into play here uh, or not. I mean, looking at last week's notes here, we had both Marvin Jones and Dunbar as our top, you know, some of our top waiver ads. Marvin Jones puts up a horrific week, and then Dunbar is now injured. So you know, I don't know the, the the voodoo is coming into football now too. I guess. I need to just stop talking about people that I like. <laughs> I guess, man. I'm 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 afraid I I need help at running backs. I'm afraid to talk about these running backs on on the waiver wire <laughs> next. So, but in you know, never mind. We will we will move on and and help out our mate. Well, I don't know. You might want to avoid these guys if AJ says their name. But um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. In, the, the waiver wire ads for the week. Uh, we've already mentioned uh, Anthony Dixon, Buffalo. That one's kind of a, I don't know, if you're totally desperate, I think, go ahead. He's probably going to get the bulk of the carries there. A guy that, a couple of receivers that uh, I, I like this week are Alan Hearns and, and uh, Leonard Hankerson. And um, Alan Hearns is, I, I think I actually like Hankerson more. Um He's he definitely has taken over the wide receiver two spot there in Atlanta. I mean, Roddy White's just done at this point. I don't, uh, you know, he's droppable. We said this a couple of weeks ago. Hangerson though has looked legit and been great, and I've had him on my bench two weeks in a row when he's when he's done well. So, kind of uh, kind of just gonna have to plug him in my lineup in that league that I've got him at this point. And and Hearns, you know, he's had some some steady weeks there. He had a, a pretty big game this past week, so um, you know, these aren't like must start guys, but they're guys that you should pick up. Well, yeah, and especially if you have you know a lot of guys going off on your bye weeks. I mean, they're they're exactly. definite definite bye week fill ins, you know. And at this point, based on their production, they're rosterable. I really like Hankerson this week a lot too because he's got the the revenge factor going back up against Washington where he used to play. So mm-hmm. I could see him having another big game. Um, so yeah, he's another guy. I like a couple other receivers that I listed down here. Um, following back up with the uh, you know super small mini micro fractures of Steve Smith, you got the uh, Kamar Aiken uh, in Baltimore. I think he's a He's shown some some flashes here and there. Again, I don't know if you're really picking him up and starting him in in leagues unless it's a real deep league, um, uh, or you have a lot of bye week uh, plugins that you're looking at. But another guy that that Joe you had mentioned earlier, Tavon Austin, 
it's surprising to me that he was owned in so few leagues that he is. But based on his early season lack of performance, it, it doesn't really surprise me anymore. So, um, But I think he's going to definitely be a, a huge target for a lot of a lot of waivers. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not going after him too much. I mean, he had a really big week, but before that, he did absolutely nothing. He got he had 13 points the first week, but it was two receptions for negative two yards. He just happened to take a uh, a run a run back for a touchdown there. I'm not yeah. really putting a lot of stock into him, you know, doing that consistently. For bye week fill-ins, for injury fill-ins, sure, but you know, yeah, I mean, pick him up, but I'm not, I'm not really riding my, you know, riding his coattails there. Um, another guy that <clears throat> that I like, and I just mentioned him because uh, Richard mentioned him on Twitter, is Gary Barnage. I mean, I don't know what else this guy has to do to get picked up, but he's done nothing but perform this year. It seems like he's. He scored a touchdown last week, and and uh, he's got you know 21 targets on the year. That's pretty good. And this is a guy that I'm pretty sure didn't start the year really playing that many snaps. So in the last two weeks, he's got 180 yards, 12 catches, and two touchdowns. I mean, I don't know what else. To- Say about this guy. Uh, yeah. I picked him up just randomly because Delaney Walker was on bye week last week in one of my leagues, and I don't really know if I want to drop Barnage yet at this point because he's doing pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like him too. I mean, he's kind of like this year's Jordan Cameron, only in in reverse, where his last you know latest two weeks are the big weeks. And last year, you know, Cameron, when he was in that offense and, and had Hoyer thrown to him the first two weeks, he blew up. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like that, that offense is is definitely geared towards having a successful tight end um, that can produce. So I, I like him if he's out there. I definitely got to pick him up. Yeah, and I think the last guy we we both want to mention here is Duke Johnson. He's owned in about 50% of leagues on ESPN, so he might not be out there for you. But this guy in PPR leagues is looking like the real deal. He had nine catches last week, six catches the week before. He's getting more and more involved in his offense. And, you know, Crowell was okay this past week, but we've seen Crowell be very inconsistent. I think the Browns are really waiting for this for this guy to just break through and be the guy. You know, that's why they drafted him. But uh I, I think now's the kind of time that if he's out there you just want to you want to grab him and stash him and just kinda of hang on to him. Just you don't know. That last half of the season he could be a total beast and carry you to the championship. He's kinda of, he's kinda of, he's got that type of upside, I believe. Yeah, it's like a like a CJ Anderson of last year, you know. Um he could just be that guy that that pops him out and like you said Crowell had a, a decent week this past week, you know, 12 12 rushes, 63 yards, but um it looks like Johnson's definitely the the passing back and you know, in PPR leagues that's going to that's what's going to help you. Mhm. 
Absolutely. Um, so <clears throat> we will finish up here. I know we are technically over our time, but we'll finish up here quickly with our uh, best fantasy game and worst fantasy game of the week. And, and I'll start here since you started last week. So my best fantasy game of the week, I don't think is any to anybody's surprise, is going to be the Pats versus the Cowboys. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, even though they've lost Des Bryant, they've lost Tony Romo, they've lost Dunbar, are still putting up points. Um, and the Pats D hasn't been anything spectacular. Um, and the Dallas D is definitely not anything spectacular. I think the Patriots could put up another 50 in this one if they really wanted to. Um, so, I mean, regardless of the fact, I think it's going to be a Patriots domination and there's going to be a lot of points put up on that side. And I think Dallas is going to put up their own fair share um, regardless. Uh, so that, that's my favorite. And I'll just finish off here. My my least favorite is the Jags versus the Bucks. Neither one of these defenses is any good, so we might we might see you know a relatively decent amount of fantasy points. But both of these offenses are kind of just meh too. So I wouldn't be surprised if you just kind of see an ugly game all around, especially from the Tampa Bay side. I mean, Mar- uh, not Mariota, wrong wrong rookie quarterback. Um, Winston has been totally up and down. Your typical rookie quarterback throwing a ton of picks. I mean, Carolina just ate him up for lunch this past week. And, and I'm just not really too excited about this game. I don't know. We could be surprised and see a bunch of like breakout performances, but I'm not really holding, you know, holding my breath there. Yeah, I, I, that was one of the games I definitely was kind of looking at, but I, I decided to lean my my worst game towards the the Buffalo Tennessee game. I mean, you got Tennessee coming off a bye, so it should be refreshed. And Mariota's been fairly decent this year, you know, for what he, what it is. Um, but I just don't, you know, Buffalo still has a good defense. They're they're a little hurting on offense with some injuries there, like we already mentioned. But um, I, I think that's just going to be kind of a, you know, maybe like a 17-13, maybe 17-10 final score of the game. So I, I'm not really excited about that one. Um, but my my game that I do like a lot, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, is the St. Louis Green Bay game. Um, I think, you know, Green Bay's been on fire as it is, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't really show anything other than MVP caliber play right now. Um, But he he did have a bit of a down week last week, so um, I I think St. Louis can can keep him contained, um, and they've got a great defense. Jeff Fisher is a great coach. You know, I think it's just going to come down to their offense, putting up enough points to to keep up with Green Bay and and score. Um so that that's a game I'm looking forward to see though. We can roll into our uh, our sleepers busts for the weeks as well here. So um I'll just carry through mine. Um so my, my quarterback sleeper this week 
uh, is Jay Cutler, which is kind of surprising, seeing as we just completely bashed the uh, uh, <laughs> the Bears and and how they should have gotten destroyed by the lowly Oakland Raiders. But you know, Cutler's going up against the KC defense, who has just been abused by opposing quarterbacks. And I can see Cutler kind of putting it together and having himself a, a decent game here and, you know, looking to Eddie Royal a lot and Martellus Bennett to, to, to help him out. And I, I think he can have a good game. Uh, my my running back sleeper um, kind of goes towards the, the game of the week of, of your choice with Pat's Dallas. I, I really like LeGarrette Blount this week. I, I think, you know, we've already seen what Devonta Freeman's done to Dallas. Um, and, and I think Blount could easily follow up, you know, and get another three touchdowns himself for back-to-back weeks, you know, with a bye week in between. Um, so I, I think that Deion Lewis might get more rushing yards, but I, I think Blount's the guy to, to play here this week. Uh, he's just a power back. Um, and my receiver pick is probably a guy that not many people have really heard of, Um Willie Sneed from New Orleans. Uh, he he really showed up on uh, Sunday night against Dallas and and had a nice game for himself. Um, and he seems to be, you know, kind of that uh, Robert Meekum type player that that, and they still have Robert Meekum, but um, he's just a sneaky guy. And, and you know, he had six six receptions, eighty nine yards. Um, no touchdown. He he had one touchdown earlier in the year, but I mean, he's going up against Philly and we've already talked about how bad they are. Um, so I, I can see him, you know, coming, coming through and putting together another nice game. Yeah, no, I, I like Willie Sneed. I was actually tempted to put him on my waiver wire pickups, but I'm, I don't know. Just that, that's, and the Saints offense isn't like, you know, just calling out to me this year, but and I never like to have the, the wide receiver three for almost anybody at this point. But Yeah. You know, that said, let me move on to my sleeper. So I, I've got I've got Andy Dalton as my, my sleeper quarterback and people probably don't really realize it unless they've, you know, really been paying attention, but Andy Dalton is one of the best. Is one of the best. Uh, is is the second best actually fantasy quarterback this year so far. Um, he's just been killing it. So, there, to me, there, there's no reason why he can't continue to do that. Um, I'm trying to think of who they play this week. They play the uh, the Seattle Seahawks, which I mean that's a that's a tough game for them, but. I mean that that offense is just clicking on all cylinders right now, and I mean I think people are gonna have have him down on the rankings just because of the matchup, but uh, you know I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say that the Dalton's gonna gonna surprise people this week. Um, now my my sleeper. My sleeper running back is going to be Danny Woodhead. Uh, a lot of people are, are still kind of not trusting Danny Woodhead, still liking Melvin Gordon. I mean, this Danny Woodhead's the running back you want to start here in San Diego. And 
<clears throat> excuse me. And I, I believe they have another good matchup this week. Um, and I know they, you know, they they played the Bears or not the Bears. They um, excuse me. Uh, play they played they played they played the Browns. And I mean, they're playing Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's actually pretty decent against the run. But Woodhead gets you all those points just catching passes out of the backfield too, and can just scramble around and get a lot of a lot of points off. Off of that, especially in PPR leagues, like you just want to start this guy. He's going to get you all those extra points off of receptions. And my receiver this this week, uh, I don't know. I've been having a tough time picking a, a sleeper receiver. I'm kind of looking at like a like a Dante Moncrief. Uh, I think some people are down on him because of the possibility that Luck doesn't start. But even without Luck starting. Moncrief was able to catch six passes for 75 yards. He's almost turned into the wide receiver one now for the the Colts over over Hilton, which is really really surprising. Um, you know, I don't know if Hilton's still got you know still banged up, but Moncrief is the real deal here. And I you know I don't really know how much of a sleeper that really is, but. Um, I I do like him a lot this week on a short week against a Houston defense that has just been destroyed. Yeah, yeah, I like I like what Moncrief's done this year, and you know so far, and like you said, if Hilton's going to kind of still be beat up and battered, he's definitely the go-to guy. But you know, it, as much as you were uh, talking up Andy Dalton, he's actually my bust this week. Um, huh, that's interesting. All right. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I like what he's done. He's obviously been productive, being the, the second um, best scoring quarterback. But you know, you look at what he did this past week, and against KC, who I just got done talking down about, you know, he still put up 321 yards, but he only had one touchdown. Uh, no turnovers, which is nice too. But uh, I mean, if you're not getting the touchdowns with it, then it's not—it's not helping your cause. And you've got a solid core of receivers. I mean, AJ Jones. Uh, uh, I'm AJ sorry. Uh, <laughs> What's what, AJ Green. AJ Green. Thank you. Just thinking Julio Jones. Um, yeah, AJ Green has been phenomenal. Um, but Seattle is not a, a joke defense to to mess with here. I mean, the, the one thing that Cincinnati does have more in their favor is that this is a home game for them. Um, but, I mean, you saw what happened to, to Detroit. You know, they had that game in hand with a chance to win it, what could have been one of the last plays. And Cam Chancellor, our boy from VT, Cahokies, knocks the ball out. I mean, he he's an animal in his own right, but I just think that that Seattle D is, with him there, is such a strong unit, and I don't know if Dalton's going to be able to put up great numbers. Um, so he's my bust. And keeping with that game, actually, not that I really meant to do this on purpose, but my bust, and you know, it might be kind of a given here too, is Marshawn Lynch. Uh, I mean, I, I hate to say it, I love beast mode, but he just hasn't he hasn't been there this year. And I don't know, maybe this was the year that he should have retired and just gone out, you know, 
fairly on top. But I think he wanted one more shot at, at a Super Bowl again. And, and, you know, Seattle can keep playing the way they have been the past couple of weeks. They they could be back there. Um, but, you know, with the injury concerns and everything like that, Rawls, you know, showing that he's okay as a backup, I, I just don't see him doing much this week, you know, especially against a tough Cincy D. Uh, my receiver bust this week is uh, Keenan Allen. Um, Allen's had a, a very solid year so far. Um, you know, he's had three touchdowns the past two weeks, over 200 yards the past two weeks. Um, but, you know, Pittsburgh, yeah, they're, they're fairly, you know, average when it comes to to receivers, you know, guarding receivers. But uh, the game's in San Diego, so I I just don't think this is his week. You know, you got Antonio Gates coming back. Um, you know, Ladarius Green's been playing somewhat hurt, but he, he's been productive too. So, you know, this might be a down week for Allen. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I still like Keenan Allen. And uh, it'll be interesting to see who's right there on the Dalton pick. I mean, it was a risky one by me. I will I will say that. Like, you know, going against Seattle is going to be tough. And, in fact, you'll see here one of my running backs uh, that I don't like here. But I'll just start off with that one. I don't like Jeremy Hill. I said it earlier. Uh, I mean, he only had 40 yards rushing. He only had nine carries. He had three touchdowns. I mean, if he didn't have those touchdowns, he does absolutely nothing for you, and he only gets nine carries. He's not involved in the passing game. At least not enough for it to matter. Um, he's just not somebody who I'm thrilled starting in any league right now. And it's it's disappointing because, you know, I was really high on him coming into the year, and now it's just, you know, it's too much of a split backfield for me and I kind of think that Geo's the guy that they like better in this offense that's just chugging along this year. And that passing game is just killer. And Geo's a big reason why it is. And so I'm I'm a little down on Hill. Uh, my quarterback is ties right into your least favorite fantasy game. That's Marcus Mariota. Um, I know he's had a good, you know, first three games. He's on by, so they should be refreshed or whatever you want to call it. But the fact of the matter is that Buffalo, you know, they've, they've struggled a bit versus the pass, but, I mean, I, I still think that this is a good defense. Um, I mean, they they've done pretty well against quarterbacks so far, with the exception being Tom Brady. So I'm going to slow my roll there on the Bills not being a good defense and Mariota being, you know, the next Robert Griffin when it comes to rookie quarterbacks. And I will stop there with rookie quarterbacks and Robert Griffin. But (laughs) and say Mariota is going to have a down game. He's going to come back down to earth. And lastly, my wide receiver pick is Golden Tate. You know, this Detroit offense is really struggling right now. Tate's not really getting the passes that we were all hoping. You know, I knew he would have a down year from last year, but, you know, we we see it. You know, Calvin Johnson's not getting it. 
Golden Tate's definitely not. And I just I'm not really feeling uh, a big week from from Golden Tate this this week, facing uh, that that Arizona defense who is pretty damn good against you know in in all facets of the of defense right now. So I um, I'm picking I'm picking them. In fact, I, I would just kind of stay away from from anybody Detroit this week if you kind of if you had the chance. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. So yeah, I think that's uh all I've got. You got anything else to add here, AJ? No, I think uh I think I'm pretty good. I know I'm enjoying watching the Yankees lose right now. I'm hoping this sticks cuz definitely not a Yankee fan and you know, we got to root for the underdog here a little bit with Houston. It's been a while. so Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to see them get through um, and see what, you know, see what they can do. And, and once they get into a series, that's not just one game playoff. So uh, I, I do like Houston's chances for sure if they get, get to the next round. Yep, glad to have fantasy uh, – well, not fantasy. Glad to have – Playoff baseball back. It's rejuvenate my my love of the game a little bit here because it does get a little little boring toward the toward the end of the season. I know I was ready for fantasy baseball to end, and God, I mean at least it ended with a bang for me. I you know I I did win the the one of my leagues and finished in second in another, despite my my bad luck in, in our fantasy six pack league. I seem to do well in all the other ones, so um so <laughs> at least I did well in those. So finish off with a bang there, so that was good. But yeah, go Houston. Uh don't want to say the Yankees. You should I don't know if it's on Twitter or anything, but you should well, you should look, try and Google the uh the death stare that Billy Crystal gave one of the Yankees players. <laughs> At one point, I was watching this game. It was pretty funny. I'm sure it's all over Twitter somewhere, but you're not on Twitter, so you're gonna miss out on that. But it's it's pretty damn funny. I I wanted to mention that during during the show, but you were talking, and you kind of kind of the moment passed. But it was it was pretty funny. But anyway, so that's all we've got for tonight. Um, good luck in week five, everybody. Follow me on follow me at Fantasy Six Pack. Go to socalledfantasyexperts.com and fantasysixpack.net to get all your week five advice and for the rest of the season as well. Uh, Have a good night and see you next week. All right. Have a good one.